Welcome to this message from Liberty Church, Thetford. I switched the mic out, Tony, just so you know. Just got my own red one now. Matt licking the mic. You're disgusting. Does he do that at home? Just lick random things like windows and stuff? He's weird. What a weird boy. <laughs> Thanks for coming. No, I actually mean thank you for coming out today because I know many, many people are sort of avoiding going to places and being with people because of the coronavirus. So thank you ever so much. But here is the thing you may not want to hear, is that I am contagious. I am contagious. And before you, you know, you, you, know, you scaredy cats run out, it's not with the coronavirus, you can relax. I'm assuming anyway, I think. And I'm not, and I want to be clear, I'm not making light of what's going on around the road. I think it's a horrible situation and lots of people have, you know, have, have died and will probably continue to do in the days, weeks and months. So I don't want to make light of it, but I do want to use this opportunity to talk about something that I think has an even bigger impact in our life. Because I would argue there's far more dangerous and more likely things that we will be infected with in the coming days, weeks, months and years, and stuff that perhaps causes more damage. And so for many of you, your attention is on this, on this virus, on the coronavirus. And even this morning when we were setting up, which the band arrived at about 8.45, and until about half past 10 when they started sound checking, that is all they talked about. Just constant, just talking about this constantly. And not that that's a bad thing, but our attention is on this virus. Something that you can't even see, your attention is on it. Your attention's on the spread of it, and some of you, perhaps not at all, but some of you are on the news 24, look, what's happening next? What's happening now? What's happening now? Who shut down what? What aren't we allowed to do? Your attention's on the virus, on the spread of it, on the damage of it, on the danger of it, on the prevention of it, perhaps on the preparation to mitigate risk and to mitigate any damage that might happen to you or your family or loved ones or the country as a whole. And that's not a bad thing, yet... With so many contagious things, I think we're complacent, I think we're dismissive, and sometimes just plain ignorant. And I'm not talking about like communicable diseases or anything like that. I'm talking about things in our life. And I want to give you a newsflash. I said I am contagious. A newsflash for you is that we are actually all contagious. And what I want to talk about today is what I would call faith neutral. It means it doesn't matter if you believe in a God, it doesn't, believe, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. The, this principle applies in every respect. And so even if you're not sure and you're sat on the fence and someone's made you come today, then you can really think about this principle. Because we are all contagious. And there's been so many studies on so many areas of our life and what we do, our behaviors, our attitudes, everything. Pretty much everything is contagious. Joy is contagious. Smiling, laughing. An attitude is contagious. Anger is contagious. And this isn't me just saying it. There's been studies that prove this. Moaning is contagious. Negativity is contagious. Sin or disobedience to God is contagious. You're yawning. Who's ever been in an office and someone just won't stop yawning? You just want to punch him in the face, don't you? You weren't tired when you arrived. By the time you leave, you're tired. Yawning is contagious. Like I said, laughter is, but even happiness is. There's done studies where people are with happy people, it's contagious, it rubs off, but then so does anxiety, so does rudeness, 
So does risk-taking. You can be really risk-averse, but if you're surrounded by people who are risk-takers and you see it walk out and you see the benefits of being risk-taking sometimes, you're more likely to be risk-taking. It's contagious. Shivering is contagious. I don't get this one. I think I'm immune to this one because Kaylee's always shivering at the back. She was this morning, she had like 17 coats on outside and she was still shivering. I had my my flip-flops and my shorts and vest on. Flipping out in here. I don't think sweating is contagious. I'm pretty sure it's just the shivering. But depression is even contagious. Being around people who have a depressed spirit or, or soul can be contagious. Even our eating habits are contagious. I started doing healthy. Mother-in-law's now on it as well. It's just spreading. I went to the gym, I remember, and then people started joining. It's contagious. Things like this are contagious. Eating habits are contagious. In fact, a study found this, and this just blew my mind. If a friend, and I'm sorry about this, Matt, this might be why you've put on weight over the years. A friend beca- if a friend becomes obese, 57%, you're 50% more likely to become obese yourself. So if your mate gets fat, it's like, you're going to give it to me. <laughs> it's going to by osmosis or something. It's going to leak through. And obviously it's not. It's because of patterns of behavior and all that sort of stuff and, and thinking what's normalized and all that sort of thing but 50% more likely. But check this out. It's also been seen to three degrees of separation. What that means is essentially that your 10% is the mass on it, 10% more likely to become obese if a friend of a friend of a friend is obese. Just like the six degree, is it six or seven degrees of separation where you'd know everyone in the world through that pattern. So if you know a friend of a friend of a friend and they're obese, you're 10% more likely to be obese. And so things are contagious. Even things you can't, don't think even transfer are contagious. Everything about us and our life is contagious. Even if you think you're someone who has no influence, you know, you're bottom of the barrel in whatever regard you consider yourself that. And you think no one even notices me. Can I tell you, everything about you is contagious, even if you don't think it is. So yes, even you, you are contagious. And this is the good news about that. The good news about that is your good things are contagious. And you can measure that however you want. That's fine. That's up to you. But your good things, the things that are good in your life, your attitudes, your behaviors, everything about you that you would deem good or God would deem good are contagious. Your words can bring life to situations and grow someone and they can become positive in their words. Your joy can infect your workplace. Your forgiveness and grace can infect your family. And transform it. Your smile and laughter can infect strangers in a room. So all the good things, are they're transferable, they're transmittable. And Proverbs 27, 17 sort of alludes to that where it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a brother sharpens a brother or a friend sharpens a friend. It's saying when you've got two people next to each other, the good bit, they can take off that stuff and, and good makes good, sharp makes sharp. We can sharpen each other. But the bad news is, because that is good news, but the bad news that goes along with it is that your bad things, your bad stuff in your life are contagious too. Everything, even the things you think are hidden that no one even knows about you, perhaps many of them things are contagious too. Maybe the things you don't even know about yourself <laughs> that you're blind to are contagious but let's just stick with the ones that you know that are bad about yourself, which probably for most people in the room, it's like that one thing that, you know, liars. That, that 
than things that you that even you think are bad about you, let alone what everyone else knows about you. They're contagious too. And what you pass on could be deadly. Just like the coronavirus, to somebody, just, they'll suffer with it, but not too badly. But transmitted to a different individual with different weaknesses, with different things going on in their world, could be deadly. And the same with the stuff in your world that you might struggle with that might be bad, that you get through. You performing it or being near people where you're side to side in, in contact with, in whatever regard, socially or physically, that could impact that person to the point of being completely deadly. As we know with someone who's young and healthy gets it, passes on to someone who's perhaps elderly or frail or sick, and they die. And the same with the bad things in our world. And I'll let you determine what that is and how you define that. But the things that you might pull through might kill somebody else. I want you to think about that. Something that you might pull through might kill somebody else. So your joy can infect your workplace, you know, in a, in a good way. But can I tell you, your negativity in your workplace could cause an epidemic. And some of you know that. One person who's negative or, or has something about them that brings something in and pollutes, and it just goes and wipes through everybody to the point is an epidemic of whatever that thing was. And some people die on the way in some regard. And I'm not talking about Physically. Your words can cause contamination. Your disobedience to God, which, you know, if you're a Christian, you'd call sin, but any disobedience to God can spread like wildfire. Absolutely everything about us that is what you would determine bad is contagious. And we infect other people without knowing it. And that's the, that's the problem. And that's the problem with the, the coronavirus, isn't it? That's why it's spreading. People aren't going out going, I think I've got it. I'm going to go and share it with the world. People aren't doing that. Well, they might have a few sociopaths doing that. But the, most people don't think there's anything wrong with them at the time, and they'll just live and do their thing, and that's why things are transmitted. And we, and we do the same with the stuff, the negative stuff in our life that we think doesn't get transmitted. We infect others without knowing it. We're completely ignorant to it because we don't understand that everything about us is contagious. It's the same as the coronavirus or any other virus or sickness we've contracted or shared. We pass it on because we do not understand we are contagious. Everything, we pass it on because we didn't understand we're contagious or we didn't put things in place to stop it if we did know that we were perhaps contagious. And yet, with viral stuff, you know, with this coronavirus or anything else, a big sickness, we, we understand... When we've got it, we are contagious. So what, what people have been doing in government guideline is, you know, isolate yourself and try not to pass that on to people. We do our best not to transmit that to anyone else in the world, whether it's a friend or a foe. You might hate someone at work, but even you wouldn't go in knowing you're sick and just go over to the person you don't like and cough in their face and then go home, would you? None of us would do... Well, it depends on your workplace, I guess. I work just with Steph at home, so she would definitely do it. But then I'd be sick at home. That doesn't make any sense. And we understand that with our sickness, with the, with the viruses, with that natural things. Yet with our bad words, with our bad actions, with our behaviors or attitudes, I think we're less careful not to transmit them. Either one, because 
We don't understand that we're contagious with it. So we're ignorant with it. Or we just perhaps don't care too much. And I got, I'm, I'm one of them guys. I, I, it's not a specific story because it's like hundreds of times. I'm one of the guys that half of the people in the room will go, yeah, I'm like that, I'll do that. Another half will hate us. And that is every job I've ever had since being on a paper round at 11 years old, all the way to doing what I do now, all the teaching jobs in between, the lifeguarding, everything, the laboring, every job that I've done. When I'm sick, I go to work. So I can see some of you like, yes, work ethic. Even if you're sick, the other is you go, it's you. You're the, you bring it into the, that's why I'm sick. That's why my kids are sick. I hate you. But I'm one of them people. I'd go to work. I'd have to be to the point I couldn't get up to not go to work. It's just the way I was brought up. You work, you work. That's it. And so I'm one of them people. I refuse to take sick days. Even if I'd get paid for them, I refuse, I just... I couldn't, I, just I can't do it. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Others, it's completely foreign to you. And yet, <laughs> that's perhaps not the greatest idea to do on all occasions. But I want you to think about this, that everything about you, absolutely everything about you causes a ripple effect out. Just like me going into Wisbeach High School, sick where there's 2,000 students, you know, there's a ripple effect from that. Someone with coronavirus going into another country, there's a ripple effect from that. It spreads out. There's a ripple effect about everything about you in your life and the people you come into contact with. Put it this way, you are ground zero. For your life, with every aspect and element of your life, you are ground zero. You're ground zero, and we use that in viral terms. You'd use it in, in um, explosive terms and nuclear reaction terms, all that sort of stuff. But you are ground zero. You are where it started. You're the epicenter. So everything bad about you that you can transmit to other people, and I know you've only got that one thing, but everything bad about you, you're ground zero. Just go, everywhere you go, it just goes out of you, whether you like it or not. And here's the worst bit. And don't worry, we'll get on to Scripture in a minute. Your bad things go viral. And it's my, it's my experience as a, as a teacher and then as a pastor dealing with people's social problems, if you like, and things that are going on, not with sickness in hospital. But bad things go viral super fast. They do, just like on the internet, that's a term that we use now, isn't it? When a, a video gets a hit and then they like it and then three people share it and they share it and they share it. It's exponential growth. It goes viral. It goes massive quick. And the same with the bad bits in your life. Your bad things go viral. A virus is a microorganism that's too small to see. The thing that you can't even really see, it's so small in your life, it's not even worth looking at. It's too small a virus to even be seen by a microscope when you're looking by a normal light microscope. You can't see it. But it has the ability to multiply within a host. And when it goes into another host, it has the ability to multiply further in that host. So is the same thing with your bad stuff. It has the ability to go into another host and multiply and pass on and pass on. And is usually typically, in viral terms, detrimental to that organism. Whatever the virus is in, it's usually detrimental to that. It corrupts the system. And it's the same with us. When we infect other people with our stuff, it corrupts the system. It's detrimental to it. It's damaging. But our bad things go viral really quickly. They spread out. The th that thing you 
that issue you've got in your family. Some of you've got some big issues in your family. You don't even talk to your second uncle anymore and this person. We don't invite them for Christmas. It's because that one thing 10 years ago that was tiny that went viral. You know what I'm talking about. Your bad things, the, the little things go viral really quickly, the bad stuff. And here's the bad news. Your bad stuff is far more contagious than your good stuff. And that's what you wanted to hear this morning. Your bad is far more contagious. Can I tell you, as a parent, I know this better than anyone. And with the fourth on the way, I know we've got to sort out our bad stuff. Because all my bad traits, the things that I do that aren't particularly good, socially good or whatever, they pick up like that. <laughs> I have to do it one, just once. And they've got it and nailed it. You know, if you stub your toe ever and said a bad word, the kid knows. He's repeated it. He's written it. He can spell it. And yet it takes years and years and years of trying to instill something good in them for it to become natural and normal. You know what I'm talking about. It just takes one little bad thing once to suddenly explode into something. Your bad stuff is far more contagious than your good stuff. Your good stuff is contagious, but it's a little bit and it's constant. You have to drip it all the time. But your bad stuff just takes one thing. That one comment to your friend can end that friendship. That one thing you've done to... <laughs> That's all right. I thought she was coming to kind of slap me or something. Your bad stuff's great, Angie. Don't hit me. <laughs> but your bad stuff is far more contagious than your good stuff. It multiplies and infects others at a greater rate than your good stuff. And I want you to think about this just in natural terms. You know, when you get a cold or, or whatever, and your body creates... I've got smoke now as well, so I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> If I did smoke, which I never have, just I'd never done it as a kid, never got into that habit, it would be a pipe. I would definitely go for a pipe. If I was, you know, like Sherlock Holmes type long pipe, that's what I would do if I was going to be a smoker. But if you think about when you're sick and, you get, and your body fights it and, and produces antibodies and you're now immune to it, you don't transmit them to anybody. This seems unfair, doesn't it? That when you get sick with some sort of flu or bad thing or bacteria, or uh, you make all the stuff that fixes that in your own body, and it goes, we're all right now, and you cough over somebody else, and they get sick. They don't get all the good bits. They don't get your antibodies to then fix it. You know, just the bad stuff. You deal with that on your own. Off you go. And yet, so we even in the natural, we don't share our good response to the, to the bad thing. We all, almost have to learn that on our own. And I think it's the same in life. We can get transmitted with something bad, a bad behavior from a parent. You're just brought up in a way that's not healthy or good. And you have to learn how to deal with it because it's been transmitted to you already. You have to go through the process of building up your own antibodies, if you like. Let's put it like that. To fight that thing, to get rid of that bad thing or be able to deal with that bad thing in your world. So we understand our bad stuff goes out really quickly, yet the good stuff, the antibodies don't transfer. <laughs> Doesn't work like that. The good stuff's hard to transmit. As a parent, or as a friend, or as a pastor, or as a boss, or who, whatever, the good stuff is hard to transmit where the bad is easy. And I'll put, you, put it like this. Your good mood, you know, you're going to work on Monday, everyone else is, it's Monday, but you're in a good mood, you had a good weekend, whatever, 
your good mood may affect one person in a small way for a small time. You know, you just having a good day and, oh, hey, hey, I bought some donuts in today. Whatever it is, your good mood might affect just that one, two people you're close to. Because the person who doesn't like you doesn't care you're in a good mood. But it might affect them just for a moment. Just give them five minutes. Oh, yeah, feel good too because it rubs off so it's contagious. Yet your bad mood will sweep through a workplace like a raging fire. And you know what? You know it's true. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to believe in God to understand that. That one person who comes in and just flipping ruins it, the bad apple. Rot all the way through the barrel in one day. Maybe to your friend or a colleague or, or a child or whatever, your many positive comments might make one person feel better in a moment and you might have to reinforce that constantly through their life. And yet, <laughs> your one negative comment, like one match, can burn a thousand trees. That's what it takes to burn a whole forest, is one little match. And it's the same with the, the one bad thing, the one bad comment, the whatever in your workplace can just burn everything to the ground very quickly. And it's ridiculous and it doesn't seem fair. <laughs> so why is this important? Because your bad stuff, the stuff that you consider even not good in yourself, has the ability to infect and poison the very people you're trying to infect and affect in a positive, good or godly Way. Everyone you want to impact in a positive way. It's hard to do. You can do it, but it's hard to do. But impacting them in a negative way is so much easier. That's why it's so important. And that's why if you're a follower of Jesus Christ particularly, Paul would write to us and, and wrote to Timothy to endeavor to do this. To, to 1 Timothy says this, to be an example, to strive, to endeavor to be an example to all believers, other people, and he was talking to a leader here, but to all believers be an example in what you say, the stuff that comes out of your mouth, in, in the way you live, every action you have in your love, in your faith and your purity. Apostle Paul was saying to this younger chapter, everything about you as a leader for this area, this church, these people, you need to be an example. Because he understood, if you are not, not perfect, he understood he's not going to be, but you've got to strive and endeavor to be the best you can so that you don't infect other people with the little bad bits because it goes epidemic. It can be deadly to other people. I think the Apostle Paul understood this. He wrote the same in Titus 2, 7, 8. It says this, Show yourselves in all respects to be a model of good works. In all respects, a model of good works. And in your teaching, because you were talking to a teacher, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that, that cannot be condemned so that an opponent, opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. And again, I don't think Paul was, I don't think he was thinking, assuming someone can be perfect like Jesus was, but saying, you've got to strip and get rid of that bad stuff and especially don't just put it out on the shelf all the time because you just don't care because it has an impact. And he talked about how if you are a follower of Jesus, if you consider yourself a Christian, how you should live around other people who don't agree with you, who don't think Jesus was the saviour of the world, who don't believe in your Father in heaven. In Colossians, the same dude wrote to this church and said this, live wisely among those who are not believers. Live wisely. Why? Because everything, every bad thing you do will infect them. It says, and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so you'll have the right response for everyone. In 1 Peter, 
Peter the Rock, it says this. Peter the Rock Johnson. It says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles, essentially non-believers at the time, if you like. Keep the conduct among the Gentiles honourable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, which they will, <laughs> they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. It's like everything Paul was saying, the, the, the stuff he'd say to people, is just make sure you've got good stuff going on to infect other people and minimise all the, all the bad. Let God's Spirit refine you and sanctify you and clean you of all that stuff that will impact other people. Maybe you could get through the rest of your life with it, but maybe you'll infect someone who it will wipe out completely. And this is true for your home life, your work life, church life. With those who don't know God, with those who are believers. Everything and everyone. So you are contagious. I'm contagious. You are contagious. And you get to choose in which way. You get to choose in which way. Whether it's all good or if it's a little good and lots of bad. You know, the way you can live can be the antidote to the virus of this world. The way you live can be the antidote to all the viruses in the world. Or it can add to them. So here's another phrase you really don't want to hear, especially if you're sat next to someone you don't know. The person next to you <laughs> is contagious. The person next to you is contagious. Because if I am and you are and we all are, the person next to you is, and I think it's really important to understand this. Because it means we either, we get to choose to engulf ourselves with those who infect us in a good way. We can surround ourselves with people who infect us with the good. And we can choose to protect ourselves, however you might do that, from those who infect you with the bad. If we all transmit bad out of us into other people, and it causes an epidemic sometimes, and it can grow in them. We need to understand that we ourselves are vulnerable. That we ourselves, just like you going out into the world and meeting someone with a you are vulnerable to catch that. You might be strong enough to walk it through, or if you've got a condition, maybe you wouldn't be. But we need to understand the person next to us is contagious. So we need to protect ourselves in some regards and how they might infect us in a bad way. Now, my daughter Skylar, I love her. She, she's so fun at the minute. She's two and a bit, but she's just so funny. And she's still at that age where she wants to go on the, she's done, we potty train our kids well early, like Steph has them. And then it's like, right, on the potty. You know, so they're really early potty trained and, and on the toilet really early as well. And so from a very early age, she was sat on the toilet and she's still doing it now because she's quite diddy. You know, otherwise she falls down. She grips around, you know what I'm talking about, she grips around the top like this, which is fine at home, but when you go into other places, you know, you're shopping and you go into somewhere for the toilet, sometimes they're not that nice. And ladies, if you've never been in a gent's toilet, can I suggest never going in one? Because I have been in ladies' toilets, so I know the difference. And because I used to do that with, uh, with my mum, because she was a single mum, so when I was little... Going to ladies' toilets, I don't want to go in here. You know the thing. You know, Matt still has to do it with his mum. I don't want to go in here. But Joel hates going in the ladies' toilets with mummy. It's like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. And so I understand the difference. 
And if you work in a building where you've had to clean toilets or anything like that, there's a, there's a difference, I'm telling you, between ladies' and men's toilets. Anytime I have to take Skylar to a bloke's toilets because we're out somewhere without mummy, I'm like, oh, can't you just wee yourself? It just, it'll, be, it'll be cleaner. It will. And so she, she does this thing where she grips the toilet. And I'm there, I'm there in front of her, making sure she don't fall off and then wiping her. And nearly every time, she just, you done? Yeah. As soon as I grab around the armpits to lift her off, every time, two hands in the face, like this, like she's going to give me a big kiss. You know, she's just been loving, oh, I love you, daddy. Even though I said, don't touch me, because I hate people touching my face anyway, let alone with poo and wee and all whatever's around the toilet that hasn't been cleaned, just like this. And I've got her hurt and she's strong. She's squeezing my cheeks and I've got, I'm like, what do I do with this? I can't just like put my whole face in the sink. And so, and I hate this. And some of you are like, well, what's the problem? Just give it a bit of a wash. The problem is, is because Joel used to do the same. And he done it once in an airport when we were in the States. And he put this sickness through our whole family. We just had vomiting and diarrhea for like two weeks. And some of you are like, big deal, whatever. It's because you haven't seen me be sick. You haven't seen what it's like. It's like, have you seen Armageddon? (laughs) Honestly, it's like it's a cross between some sort of horror film and the end of the world. You know, it's just ridiculous. It's like the only way I can describe it is this. It's like that. But for about 30 seconds solid. And anyone who knows me well, and I don't get sick very often because I stay away from anyone who's remotely sick in terms of vomity sick, because I have this thing that, I don't know if it's because I've got a strong diaphragm or something, it won't it hold it all in, no, I'm not being sick, I'm, like, I'm trying to be, I want to be, I want to feel better, I don't, I'm not bothered about being sick, I don't, you know, some people are weird about being sick, but I don't mind it, but it's the actual process, feels like my whole insides are being ripped out, and I pass out every time, every time I throw up, because my body just keeps going, ah, everything's come out, and it's still going, ah, until all the blood drains from my head and I pass out. The first time, I, and the time I'm talking about, is why I'm really weird about this stuff, is Steph was pregnant. She was like eight months pregnant and I was sick in our toilet in our old house and I threw up and I'd forgotten to mention, because I hadn't been sick since I was with her. Since we, and I hadn't mentioned that this happens to me. And I just passed out and hit the bin. I hit behind the toilet, hit our metal bin, which crumpled with my head. This probably explains a few things. And I was stuck around the back of the toilet, like being sick. Now my body's relaxed. It lets it all come out. And, and so she comes in. And because I was then back like 18 stone, she's trying to drag me out. So she calls an ambulance because she doesn't know what's happened. She thinks I've knocked myself out or something. And so the ambulance arrives, and just before they arrive, I come to, and I'm like, there's a burglar in the house or something, because it's like, I've woken up in the toilet with no memory of being sick. I'm running around, like, looking for someone to fight. What's going on? She's like, calm down. You know, six dribbling down me. I feel, I'm not feeling very well. <laughs> and so I have this thing about sickness. And so I understand now, for me, because it's, it's just not good. I'm wiped out. And so anyone who says, oh, I've been sick this way, I just, I avoid you. If you say, can I come around? No, you're not coming around. <laughs> I don't care. You've got a problem. <laughs> I want a pastoral chat. I don't care. Go see someone else. <laughs> but it's because I understand the person next to me, that the person, the people in my life are contagious. And if they've got something bad that will really impact me because of my weakness, I choose to protect myself from that. 
And some of you are like, oh, come on. Can I tell you, that's wise. That's a wise thing to do. When you know you have a weakness, like being sick, <laughs> when you know you have a weakness in life, that you even determine is a, is a bad thing that can happen in your life, is to protect yourself from people who could infect you with that. This is in 1 Corinthians 5.13, that bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. So I avoid people with sickness bugs like the plague because otherwise it is Armageddon. But in the same way, I endeavor to avoid bad company who has the potential of being contagious in a bad way for me. And that would be different for, for each person. That will, it'll be different for, other, for each person. And it'll be different at different stages in your life. It'll be different in different stages with your walk with God. You know, I said to, uh, to someone the other week that, that when I was young, I used to have a big drinking problem from about the age of 14. I used to, you know, I'd have a bottle of vodka before I'd go out with people, before I'd have another eight pints of lager. And I used to be a handful, I was a handful, I was, I was a pain in the bum when I was a drunk. And this is before I was in church or anything. But once I got into church and I, was like, I started examining my own life, and so I'm like, I am such an idiot when I drink, even a little bit. And I, hadn't, I didn't have the valve of I start and I can just have two, I couldn't do it. I just wasn't in that stage of life. I just didn't have the, the tools in my toolkit. And so I, I decided at that stage of my life, just for a year or two, I, I need to avoid even the, my best friends, even my family who I love in certain areas. I can't go there. I can't do it. Because it will end up in Armageddon in a very different way. And I don't have to do that anymore. But at that stage of my life, I had to, and we have to at different stages of our life where we're weak, where we have things going on that might impact us in a bad way, draw some lines in the sand socially with some people. Not with everything, perhaps, but in certain regards. Maybe you struggle not to gossip. That might draw in a line in the sand with that person who just doesn't stop and will never stop. And you might have to distance yourself when a conversation comes up of distancing yourself. Whatever it is, if you've got a problem with lust or with, with people of the opposite sex or anything, and you, and you know that's a struggle, you might have to make some boundaries and draw some light. Whatever it is, there's hundreds of examples. and They're all unique to you and only you know them. And if everybody is contagious, we need to understand that we can be infected with that sort of stuff. And the thing that they can get through that isn't a big deal for them might very well kill us. It says in 1 Corinthians 5.11, talking to Christians, it says, I meant, you, I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worship idols or is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. And, and Paul said to, don't even eat with people like that. People who are alongside you who are claiming to be godly and impact your life in a really real way, in a really real way. It's don't even eat with them people if it's going to impact your life, because other people's godless behavior, things that even you think are bad, can give permission. It just switches some switches in our mind. Well, they're doing it. They're a Christian. They believe in God. Therefore, I can do it. And some of you might think, well, that's ridiculous. That doesn't happen. As, a, as someone who's run a church for 10 years, can I tell you that's normal? We justify, we, we all do it, we're human. We justify our actions by other people's actions. We measure them again, well, it's not quite as bad as them, and therefore I'm all right. <laughs> we all do it, but we shouldn't. 1 Corinthians 5, 6, and it's talking about sin, just disobedience to God, whatever it might be for you. It says, sin is like 
a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough, just a little bit somewhere that's left to grow. And we know what yeast does in bread. It just works its way through and causes the explosion, which is why bread is so delicious. But we need to be careful about who we allow into our life to infect us in them ways. And Paul, Paul had written to make sure we understood what, we, what he meant by that. He, he said in 1 Corinthians 5 just earlier, it says, when I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin, but I wasn't talking about unbelief. He wasn't talking about all the world. He didn't say not anyone. That they're greedy or cheat. Or, he, he says you would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. He's saying there's bad stuff everywhere. You'd have to isolate yourself completely forever to not be in contact with people who do bad stuff or things that you would consider not good or not godly. But he's saying people who are a believer, someone who has of influence in your life, someone who could lead you down that path and infect you in that way to create barriers. In short, be more careful with contagious Christians. That's what essentially Paul was saying here. Allowing others to infect you in a way that causes corruption or damage. You know, and we need to take responsibility for that. Not someone else. We don't, we don't go, they shouldn't be doing it and therefore it's their fault if they infect me. No, we've got to take our own precautions. We are the one who have to be responsible. And, and I had this last story before I finish. I'd been in church about six months and this little girl come up to me, cute little thing. Won't tell you who it is, but she's, she's had very ginger hair, so you'll know who I'm talking about. Little ginger girl, so cute, beautiful hair. She come and said, look at this. She showed me this thing on her, on her arm, a little patch of like rough skin. And she was like, feel it. I said, no. I don't, I don't like touching people anyway. She's like, no, feel it. It's really rough. It's like really, it feels really strange. I was like, if you're going to go away, all right. <laughs> yeah, it does feel weird. She went, it's really contagious. <laughs> Empatigo. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. So I went and washed my hands. Literally three days later, I was covered with it. And yet, and yet I was the student. It wasn't her fault. Like she was infected with this bad thing, she was suffering with it, but I was the one who poked my finger in it. <laughs> I'm the fool. And the same with people in your life who, who you can clearly see have got something going on that have the ability to influence and impact you. For you to go over and poke it is really stupid. If you know it can impact. Now, somebody else might be able to poke it because <laughs> they've got gloves on or something. You know, but they might not be their weakness. They might be immune. Whatever the situation is, not the thing that would harm them. So you need to decide when there are people in your world who, for whatever reason, do things that could infect you in a bad way, is to decide, what am I going to do about that? Proverbs 22, 25 says this, Don't hang out with angry people. Don't keep company with hotheads. Why? Because bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected. I love the way the message puts that. 2 Timothy, again, Paul wrote this to Timothy 2.16 to 18. Avoid godless chatter because, there was, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. It's just like this principle of what do I need to avoid that it won't infect me in a bad way that can kill me. And it says, and it might even go on to destroy the faith of some. Oh, yeah, skip down. Might even go on to destroy the faith of some. That's why it's so important. It demonstrates the magnitude of this problem. 
What's my takeaway? Surround yourself with people who infect you with God. Surround yourself with people who infect you with good. So I conclude with this point that it's important how we live our life. Because our life has influence over every person we come into contact with. You know, living unwise on just a few occasions can destroy what you've spent a lifetime building. Infecting people with good, with God, is slow and it's a one-to-one process. Where infecting people with bad is easy and quick and it brings disaster. And if we can be infected, if we can infect others, we can also be infected by those around us. So we need to live wise and discern when we should carry on with caution and sometimes you'll have to do that with people in your world, is carry on with caution. And when we should, just like with the coronavirus, when we should isolate. When we should stay away from an individual because it has the potential to impact us, our family, our church, our, our whole life. Because what they are carrying, what they're transmitting, what they are infecting me with or you with will cause damage and maybe irreparable damage. So two questions to finish on. I want you to ask yourself, who am I infecting and with what? But also, who is infecting me and with what? And then two questions are really important if you want to live a life that God wants you to live. And it's important we ask ourselves it because ultimately we are all contagious. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the wise words of Paul of of bringing to the forefront of the importance of the people we surround ourselves with. That we need to surround ourselves with people that inject and infect us with good, godly things. Help us build a, a community of people around us who do that. And Lord, that we would draw lines in the sand where there's something particularly that could impact us in a, in a negative way because it's a weakness of ours or something we've dealt with in our past, that we would draw lines in the sand. Help us follow your spirit and how we should do that as an individual not as a rule check from someone else's playbook, but that's what's right for us. And help us as we go out into the world, that we would, in our own life, start checking off and reducing the things that even we consider bad in our world, that we wouldn't pass them on to other people, that we would become more like your son, Jesus, that we'd be perfected day on day to be more like him, so that when we do go out into this world, as we rub shoulders and shake hands, that will infect people with good, that will infect people with the love of God. Help us do that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Liberty Church Thetford. To find out more about Liberty, check out our website at www.libertycentre.org.uk or search for Liberty Church Thetford on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or YouTube.